This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Midway his journey through paradise in the heaven of Mars, Dante is found by his ancestor, Cacciaguida, at the foot of a cross of glorious saints who conquered, though they died. Perhaps to the reader's surprise, the sphere of heaven that introduces the particular virtue and beatitude of the warrior saint is distinctly personal for Dante. Here he encounters the origins of his family and memories of his beloved homeland in its prime of innocence. Martial concerns move to the background while Dante's own history comes to the foreground. Now the whole comedy is concerned with the discovery of ends, teleological certainly, but not as if the teleological can be untethered from cosmic location or material embodiment or human history, culture, and imagination or the individual will, mind, and heart. And in this canto, we see further that Dante's end is tethered to his beginning as an Alighieri and a Florentine. Dante the poet begins Canto 15 meditating on the will for good, volition that makes love that breathes righteousness visible. Dante defines the good will as desire oriented towards eternal things and contrasts it with cupidity, the love of fleeting things, describing the latter both as twisted love and the abandonment of righteous love altogether. This meditation frames the scene in which Dante and Beatrice stand at the foot of the cross of saints whom he first saw at the end of Canto 14, a cross that Dante immediately associated with the self-denial that marks the life of those who take up their crosses to follow Christ. These saints bring their song of victory to silence so that Dante can attend to the conversation that awaits him. The saint, who will identify himself as Cacciaguida, Dante's great-great-grandfather, speeds from his place in the cross to join Dante where he stands, and Dante receives his ancestors' greeting like Aeneas does Anchises in Elysium, as Virgil tells it. The allusion is doubly evocative. Dante cherishes Virgil himself as the gentlest father when recounting Virgil's departure from him in the earthly paradise atop Mount Purgatory. But Dante is also once more Aeneas in this image, and in this sphere of heaven he receives a father in Cacciaguida, the root of all his family, his own Anchises. Everyone who has lost father, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold. It's common to think of joyous reunions in paradise. Those of us who on earth are bereft long to see again those who are lost to us when they precede us in glory. But this heavenly family reunion places the accent on a different syllable. The poet emphasizes Cacciaguida's joy over the pilgrims. The saint's delight is fulfilled in an encounter with his progeny. As Cacciaguida explains, paradise has stirred for him a long, sweet hunger to see his seed. He describes to Dante a longing that delights even before it is fulfilled. Oh, frond of mine who brought delight to me even in expectation. In response, Dante grasps that the saint's delight results from a paradisal relationship between love and intellect that Dante himself does not yet enjoy. The saints have seen the prime equality, 
beholding which their own souls are healed to enjoy perfect balance of love and intellect as one weight. Stirred with love for this yet unnamed soul, Dante asks him to add knowledge to the love he has evoked. Cacciaguida gladly agrees and unfolds for Dante his name and his story. Florence, too, is finally named in the poem, though it has been the subject of discussion before this point. Cacciaguida describes the early Republic of Florence in nearly mythic nostalgia that also expresses dimensions of Florence's fall into its present decadence. This 12th century Florentine Republic began in modesty in contrast to the gaudy luxury into which it has fallen. It began with humble contentment in quotidian joys in contrast to the economic and political aggrandizement for which it now strives. Cacciaguida remembers a handsome and serene life among fellow townsmen true and brave into which he was born and from which he was baptized. He celebrates how the absence of luxury and license in early Florence preserved the possibility of greater goods, both private and public. In particular, Cacciaguida laments how the decadence into which Florence has fallen harms the family and women in particular, threatening the beautiful work of cultural stewardship he especially attributes to mothers in art and craft, memory, storytelling, and labor of prayer. Unlike the men he critiques for leaving home to grow rich, moneying in France, Cacciaguida left Florence to join the Second Crusade under the Emperor Conrad, one preached by Bernard of Clairvaux, whom we will see more of further in Paradise. Cacciaguida did not return to his beloved home. He describes his death as a martyrdom that delivers him to Paradise. He gives his enemies the credit of his deliverance unfettered from the world that lies, the love of which defiles so many souls. 21st century readers will certainly view with complexity the ethical and religious motivations of the Crusades, but perhaps we will glimpse this hint from the foot of the cross that Christian militants find its fulfillment in suffering with Christ, in becoming like him in his death, in order to know him and the power of his resurrection. To return to our canto's beginning, having seen its end, we can better ask now, to what goodwill does Dante bear witness in his encounter with Cacciaguida? Is it a love for home that forsakes home for its sake? And a love of family that considers its fulfillment in the generations that succeed one's own? All terrestrial realities are mortal. We might be tempted to think that this means that all terrestrial realities are fleeting and to love them is to abandon righteous love altogether. But there's a vision here for the love of goods that we experience temporally and terrestrially in alignment with a love of goods that last forever. Love that breathes righteousness, goodwill ordered toward eternal things, does not require the obliteration of all goods we encounter in time and space, though it may require our own death to those goods. In Cacciaguida, Dante helps us grasp the cruciform virtue expressed by the one whose willingness to die fighting for penultimate goods orients him to ultimate goods. He helps us glimpse the fortitude of self-denial that, while marking the difference between charity and cupidity, also leads us nearer to Christ's promise that whoever gives up houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, and fields for his sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal paradisal life. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. 
Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.